What's up, everybody? My name is Athena, and you're here to listen to Vanished in the Valley. Today, we are going to revisit a few subjects we have talked about before. I am going to go over all the fucking inconsistencies and bullshit that went down in Hawaii, just so nobody forgets, because our fellow citizens in Hawaii are going through some major fuckery right now. And of course, the mainstream media is not really talking about it still. So we are just going to discuss the facts and what we know went down that day. We are also going to talk about these aliens that Mexican Congress kind of like discussed and viewed and all that fun shit a couple days ago. And I will tell you what I've been able to dig up about it. We are also going to talk about an email from fucking bridge troll Anthony Fauci that when the original FOIA request went out, these motherfuckers sent it with literally like three words that you could still read and the rest was redacted. Another FOIA went through and there was like maybe 10 words shown. But now the whole fucking email has been sent out. The redaction is gone. So I'm going to read that to you guys and just let you stew on that and think about how this little bridge troll needs to be punished for crimes against humanity, treason, all that fun shit. So we may have a little side rants as per usual, but other than that, sit back and get ready for this. Let's start with the Lahana fires in Hawaii. So there have been all kinds of different conspiracy theories. Some people are saying these are directed energy weapons that took out all of these structures and cars and everything. There are also people saying that this is a land grab, that these fires were intentionally started and services just shut off for all of the citizens there. So people like Oprah and Bill fucking Gates and Mark Zuckerberg is a lizard could buy up more fucking gorgeous paradise property. Let's just go over what we know. None of the 80 sirens on the island were activated, and that's despite lying from the government and Governor Josh Greens. Sirens have always been used for earthquakes, fire, etc., not just tsunamis, because the fucking governor dude was like, I don't want to confuse people thinking there's a tsunami. It's like, really, fool? No one's buying your bullshit. Water pumps, fire hydrants had no water at the time. The water was cut off by the city water manager to the firefighters. Sounds totally legit, right? Their morgue is 100% full. It took six days for FEMA to show up. And when they did, the first fucking thing they did was to take the food and water that was being given out to the survivors because it was not government cheese approved. Meanwhile, FEMA officials are staying at five-star resorts in Maui like the Four Seasons. And these rooms range from $1,300 a night and even more. The fire marshals, mayor, and governor were all out of town the day the fire in Lahana, and many Maui emergency management officials were at a disaster emergency prevention meeting in Waikiki the same day of the fire, including Herman and Daya, who resigned after facing scrutiny for standing up by his decision to not turn on the sirens. Top FEMA officials were also at this meeting. Cops had barricades and blockades set up that prevented people from heading to safety from the fire. Multiple survivors and witnesses. And there's fucking on the internet, there's a lot of these videos coming out from these witnesses. And they're confirming that information. 
One Lahana resident specifically mentions a policeman blocking Front Street with his police car, which blocked any cars from leaving Front Street. This cop told residents he was just, quote, following orders, which led to many people burning alive in those cars because of that specific blockade. Most survivors only survived because they disobeyed orders from the police. Both exits, north and south of Front Street, were blocked off, preventing people from escaping. Land in Lahana is sacred and historical. The locals did not want to sell for a long time, and it's worth billions of fucking dollars, you guys. Conveniently, all that land was burned in the fires. In late 2022, there was a smart city conference in Maui to turn Maui into a smart city slash island, pushing everything electric and making 15-minute smart cities. An actual contract was signed, you guys. It was signed last year to build high-rise condos and businesses in Lahana, which was a historical town that could not have new development done. The schools were closed the day of the fires because of a wind warning, leading to lots of children burning alive at home while their parents were at work. Meanwhile, witnesses report never seeing fire trucks anywhere. John Peltier, police chief of Maui, is also the coroner, medical examiner, and that right there is a fucking huge conflict of interest, but let's just move on, and was the crisis coordinator, incident commander, and police commander in the Las Vegas shooting. And that is where 58 people were fucking shot to death, and I still don't buy their fucking official narrative. And a little side note, John's personal secretary, Terry Jones, died under suspicious circumstances last year. Molten metal was spotted next to intact trees. Coincidentally, properties owned by billionaires like Jeff Bezos, Oprah, and the PayPal founder remained untouched, while land of the natives was burned only a few feet away. Maui Emergency Administrator Herman Andaya resigned from his jobs a few days after the Hana fire, after facing huge public backlash and criticism for his decision to not turn on the siren warning systems during the fire. Herman also lied to everyone, stating in a press conference that turning on the sirens would have been a poor decision because the Hawaiians associate sirens with tsunamis, and so they would have ran to the mountains towards the fire, as if they would not have noticed the fucking huge glowing red embers shooting into the sky. Yeah, sounds legit. BlackRock and the U.S. government are two out of the three largest landowners on the island who have been trying to buy land from the natives for the past few decades. The natives refused to sell, and both of them are a part of the renewable energy agenda. Fifteen school buses missing and unaccounted for. No debris and no burnt-out wrecks. Locals estimate schools have 3,000 kids registered, but only three to 400 showed up, which leaves 2,600 children unaccounted for. Governor Josh Green was asked during a news interview about the government's poor response and no sirens and warnings. He made excuses about everything, blamed global warming twice, and regarding no water available for the fires, he just said, quote, we don't have enough water on these islands, took no accountability and deflected questions about the siren. In the same interview, he said, quote, I want to warn the entire planet about this. This is how fire hurricanes will look in the era of global warming. I made it clear these fires can happen anywhere, anytime in today's age, because of global warming. 
And a little side note on that, global warming is a fucking racket. On August 19th, FEMA issued a statement stating out of respect for the deceased, FEMA was asked by Maui County officials to pause on posting social media and other places new images of the disaster, damage, and debris. The statement was issued by Justin Angel Knighton, who is the Director of Office of External Affairs at FEMA. Under the guise of, quote, respect for the victims, they're covering up their crime and preventing people from documenting the aftermath and crime scene. After Josh Green said in a press conference, quote, watching social media for facts on the fire is idiotic, which is fucking mind-blowing, considering all the videos on social media of Lahana residents and survivors Calling out the government's poor response to the fire is prevalent as our videos showing the police blockades trapping people to die in the fire and countless videos of those who survived because they disobeyed police. They disobeyed orders and they went past the blockades. The police chief lied when he asked about police blocking exits and said that it did not happen. Then he was called out and told it happened and that first-hand video and witness accounts have the blockades on video. And then he retracted his previous statement and then said they actually were blocking roads, but only to block down power lines. Maui Electric issued a statement saying power was cut off all day since the morning. But yeah, the government is trying to blame this electric company. And I'm calling bullshit. So like I said in the beginning, I'm not sure what exactly went down. I don't know if there was fucking directed energy weapons burning shit up. I mean, there's definitely enough evidence you could kind of argue the point. But what I am sure of is this is just a straight up old fashioned land grab. All bad, you guys. And the people of Hawaii, I know you guys are out there listening, probably not on Lahana because these motherfuckers don't have shit right now because of the poor response by our federal government. I think they're too busy giving away our billions in tax dollars to the fucking Ukrainian World Economic Forum fuck Zelensky. So I don't know. How, do, how does that work? How are our fellow Americans only getting a one-time check of $700, but these fucks in Ukraine are getting billions of dollars? I don't know. I, I just don't get it. And I guarantee you our government will keep this kind of bullshit up as long as we allow it. They can only do what we allow. And unfortunately, most Americans have become a bunch of fucking pussies that refuse to risk anything to stand up for what's right. And that might be a big key to why America may be lost. No fucking sense of right or wrong, no fucking grit, no determination. And obviously that's not every fucking American. It's just the majority the ones that are fucking stuck to their TV every goddamn day when they get home from work. I know it's not everyone, but there are enough of them. All right, you guys, it's change of subject time. Now we have to talk about that whole alien body shit that went down in Mexico's Congress. A lot of people are saying this is fake because I think one of the dudes that was trying to like present this has been busted before for hoax alien shit. But let me just kind of tell you the other side of the aisle on this whole alien situation. There are reports from an international team of scientists, and I'm just going to kind of summarize this for you. The alien specimens were found in a mine in Peru. 
Radiocarbon dating indicates they're at least a thousand years old. The evidence presented to Congress of Peru goes much further than that. Sophisticated DNA testing was performed on the alien specimens by an international consortium. The results were presented by geneticist Salvador Angel Romero, who was trained at basically the uh, Mexican equivalent of MIT. Dr. Romero and his colleagues compared DNA samples from the aliens to an NCIB database of known DNA sequences on Earth. And side note, if you don't know what NCIB is, it stands for National Center for Biotechnology Information. 70% of the DNA sequences identified were completely unknown when compared to this database. They had never been seen in any living organism on Earth. A forensic pathologist, Jose de Jesus Ozolce Benitez, investigated whether the specimens could be a hoax. He found no evidence that the specimens had been artificially reconstructed. The body developed naturally as a single organism with functional anatomy. Dr. Benitez drew attention to the natural displacement of vertebrae in a quote-unquote pregnant specimen with eggs. He said this is a normal physiological response to gestation. It would be difficult to reproduce in such a harmonious way. Dr. Benitez also flagged deterioration visible at the intersection of the alien's femur and ilium. He said an artist making a fake would not replicate this natural wear and tear from bipedal locomotion. It is a consequence of the alien's existence. It was alive, he states. The sophisticated anatomy of the alien's three-fingered hand also convinced Dr. Benitez this was not a hoax. They have joint capsules, tendons, and ligaments. It would be almost impossible to artificially replicate this, he said. The findings were actually corroborated by a team from St. Peter's Medical University, which is the number three medical school in Russia. They were represented in Peru by Professor Dmitry Galitsky. Professor Galitsky identified numerous physiological differences that confirmed these specimens were not human. Their anatomy is completely different from anything found on Earth. They have a fused clavicle and undivided vertebra, completely unlike humans. So that is basically the summarized report of these international teams and the local scientists in Mexico slash Peru that were looking at these alien specimens. Now, this wouldn't be a fun little podcast if I didn't also tell you how people are debunking this. So let me break down now what people are saying that basically in their mind proves this is a hoax. A comment I'm seeing over and over is people saying if these were real aliens, they wouldn't be in open air coffins in some fucking random room. They'd have to be strictly temperature controlled like all of the other mummies we find. People go on to basically talk shit about how the people in the video are handling the mummy and basically that the way these motherfuckers are touching it, it would kind of just kind of destroy it over time. And obviously, like I said at the beginning, the presenters do have a history of pulling hoax stunts like this. Uh, most notably, <laughs> presenting a picture of a mummified child at the Smithsonian and claiming it was an alien body from the Roswell crash. 
Now let's go into the x-rays because they did provide x-rays. So in these x-rays, the finger bones are oriented upside down in one hand compared to the other. And that one about the finger bones is another top comment that I'm seeing from crazy conspiracy theorists. There is a big debate going on about these alien bodies right now. All kinds of different opinions and people weighing in on literally both sides of the aisle. So yeah, that's what I'm just trying to let you guys know about. A lot of the information that I told you previously, you know, about the uh, anatomy, physiology, that kind of shit is coming from a guy named Clint Eric. And he is now at this point suspicious, like he should have been from the motherfucking start. (laughs) So after Clint, I guess, dove into this a little bit deeper, he says there are serious contradictions that actually was presented to peruse Congress. He points out one of the major conflicts is whether the embryos were detected inside the alien eggs. And nobody's talked about this. They just kind of briefly touched on the subject and went on. Professor Galitsky was able to identify embryo-like structures inside the eggs. He expressly stated that the brain and lung development was visible, equivalent to a human eight weeks post-conception. Yet, Dr. Lopez stated the opposite. He claimed that, quote, no embryos were present inside the eggs. The reason that is, like reptiles, they begin the process of embryogenesis only at the moment of laying. Clint goes on to say that Dr. Benitez admits the lower limbs could have only been anterior and posterior movement, meaning like back and forth. Now, talking about the x-rays, the same bone is used in the legs, except it's just flipped upside down with the top at the bottom and bottom at the top. And the top is actually cut off to make for equal alignment with the right leg, which uses a tibia. The weird alignment and the lack of a joint with the hips means the alien would not be able to walk properly. And there's just so much more shit that goes on like this. So a lot of people are just basically saying the comparative analysis between the alien entity's anatomy and familiar human and animal anatomy structures suggests potential fabrication. Several inconsistencies in the anatomy of this quote-unquote alien, combined with questions regarding the credibility of the evolved parties, warrant massive skepticism you guys i mean i'm just wondering how how the fuck do these people get allowed in front of the mexican and peru (laughs) the peruvian congress like who who let this one happen can i get their name because they're a fucking comedian (laughs) check this out in 2021 a ct scan was used to compare the skull of one of these quote aliens to that of a llama It concluded the alien skull was the rear section of a llama skull, modified to create a humanoid face. Clint says it appears the natural process of decomposition for the llama skulls results in the outlines of a humanoid face appearing at the rear. In the case of the aliens, that natural process was accentuated, likely by using chemicals to further the shape of the skull. So the authors of this paper I was just telling you about with the CT scan point out another critical flaw in the anatomy of this quote-unquote alien. Specifically, the first cervical vertebrae enters the bottom of the skull. Even the slightest impact, the top of the head should kill the alien since the brain would be smashed. There's actually allegations that a modified animal skull was used to fabricate the alien 
and it's corroborated by witness testimony. So there you have it. You've got these scientists saying they have DNA that's 70% unfucking known. We've got other people saying, hey, this is just a fucking bad hoax presented by some motherfucker that likes to present alien hoaxes. But what is the real reason? Like, why the fuck all this alien shit now? I mean, if this shit is shown on like the nightly news, mainstream media, which I believe CBS has covered it, I guarantee you the fucking NPCs are going to be like, oh my God, the aliens are here. They're coming. They're coming. Not, you know, putting in fucking 10 seconds into critical thinking and or research. And a little bit more about the CIA owned and operated CBS News Network. These motherfuckers not only picked up this Mexico alien body story, they even included a little interview with David Grush, who served for 14 years as an intelligence officer with the U.S. Air Force and National Geospatial Intelligence Agency. So it definitely sounds like this might be a little CIA plant. I don't know, it just a... It's very strange to me that CBS is picking up this story and just running with it and they're not fucking like looking deeper into it. And like I said earlier, fucking NPCs of the world are going to get home from work and turn on the evening news while they eat their fucking TV dinners and they're going to believe this bullshit word for word. So yeah, there is that. On this whole little situation, I'm definitely leaning towards the hoax versus these are actual fucking alien bodies or whatever. But it does seem kind of strange, something that I haven't really like been able to reconcile. There have been maybe like five or six quote unquote alien bodies recovered throughout the world, and they all look pretty fucking similar to these aliens. So at some point, was there a legit alien body? And these are just like copycat hoaxes? I don't fucking know. But if you guys have more information on this whole fucking Mexico, Peru alien shit, Send it your girl's way, please. Now we're going to move on to the news about the bridge troll and his finally fully unredacted email that had been requested about three different fucking times. What I'm talking about is this first email from fucking Anthony Fauci, and it was completely censored. So let me tell you, <laughs> let me just tell you what was visible in the first FOIA requested email. Folks, the call with Jeremy Farrar. Welcome, Trust. Happy to chat with you about this. Best regards, Tony. <laughs> and it's like straight up fucking three, four paragraphs of shit just redacted. This second one, it also has the call with Jeremy Farrar. Welcome, Trust. Then the rest of the sentence is blanked out. Then we have on the call. One point to make clear. Most of the, all of the. That is not what they. <laughs> they were. They left. They felt it was. Each side of the argument. After some discussion, they felt contact and ask. They hope. So it's literally just a bunch of fucking gibberish nonsense, and you can't make heads or tails of this email until the government cheese finally released the fully unredacted email. Let's talk about that now. So the bridge troll writes, folks, the call with Jeremy Farrar, welcome trust, went very well. Francis Collis joined, and there were several highly credible scientists, including and in addition to the two that I spoke with last night, on the call with the expertise in evolutionary biology. One point I want to make clear, this was brought up at the task force call. Most of the rumors that are going around relates to a paper by an Indian group saying that there were HIV gene sequences in the virus intersected in the 2019 COVID virus. 
all of the scientists on our call felt this was not credible and they dismissed it as the two did last night. That is not what they were concerned about. They were concerned about the fact upon viewing the sequences of several of the isolates of the COVID virus, there were mutations in the virus that would be most unusual to have evolved naturally in bats and that there was a suspicion that this mutation was intentionally inserted. And this part is the important part. Fauci the bridge troll goes on to say, the suspicion was heightened by the fact that scientists in the Wuhan University are known to have been working on gain-of-function experiments to determine the molecular mechanisms associated with the bat virus adapting to human infection and the outbreak originated in Wuhan. So this fucking email goes on a little bit further, but it's just like more bullshit. This motherfucker sat in Congress and told Rand Paul that he was not aware of any gain-of-function research, he was unaware of any U.S. funding of the Wuhan lab, and all of its fucking lies. I mean, is, is it a crime to fucking lie to Congress like that? Isn't it called uh, perjury? I don't know. But, you know, this is three years later, and Anthony Fauci is still living his miserable little bridge troll life no consequences. So yeah, that's, I guess, just how we roll in the United States nowadays. You can just kill millions of fucking people and seriously maim others and not be held accountable at all. Because money, yeah, woohoo. Since we are on the Kabobo subject, I'm going to tell you about a study that reveals 5G signals activates payloads from mRNA injected into the body. And more specifically, they're talking about graphene oxide. So check this out. A paper published in September of 2022 entitled Remotely Controlled Electro-Responsive On-Demand Nanotherapy Based on Amine-Modified Graphene Oxide for Synergistic Dual Drug Delivery. Basically, this study kind of shows how cell phones can emit signals to activate a low-voltage current that then interacts with graphene oxide molecules causing efficient delivery of drug payloads. Basically, the study is trying to determine how low-voltage controlled dual drug like aspen and doxyrubicin release from graphene oxide surface. And they basically were able to demonstrate how the control drug release rate remotely with the handy mobile phone was zero passive release at idle time. So remember when they told us we were all crazy conspiracy theorists for saying graphene oxide was in these shots? And then later it was proved that graphene oxide is in these shots. Now you have to take that information and think about all the 5G towers that are going up and the literal fact that there's a study showing that 5G does make Kabobo infections worse in people that live near these towers. According to naturalnews.com, because of its extremely high surface area and complex structure composition, graphene oxide turns out to be the perfect molecule for delivery of biological or drug payloads inside the body. Now, this is directly from the study. The advantages make graphene oxide an extremely potential nanocomposite material as a drug carrier in the field of biomedicine and biotechnology, while being combined with a polymer or inorganic matrix. 
Importantly, the presence of a specific frequency of low voltage current is all that's necessary to cause graphene oxide to release its payload. Dr. Joseph Mercola actually wrote a paper that shows 5G cell signal radiation results in measurable biological and chemical changes inside the human body. 5G relies primarily on the bandwidth of the millimeter wave, known to cause painful burning sensation. It's also been linked to eye and heart problems, suppressed immune function, genetic damage, and fertility problems, which is the Federal Trade Commission admits no 5G safety studies have been conducted or funded by the agency or telecom industry, and that none are planned. Mercola also states persistent exposure to microwave frequencies like those from cell phones can cause mitochondrial dysfunction and nuclear DNA damage from free radicals produced from peroxynitrate. Excessive exposures to cell phones and Wi-Fi networks have been linked to chronic diseases such as cardiac arrhythmias, anxiety, depression, autism, Alzheimer's, and infertility. I'm kind of seeing like a reoccurring fucking infertility thing going on here. There is also additional research led by Martin Paul, PhD of biochemistry and basic medical sciences at Washington State University, showed that microwave radiation from mobile devices and wireless routers cause voltage changes inside the body's cells, activating what are called, quote, voltage-gated calcium channels. And they're located in the outer membrane of our cells. It is this membrane that determines what passes into and out of the cell. I will link these studies for you guys so you can read them if you would like to. The specific study that I'm talking about, it doesn't mention mRNA vaccines. But we're smart enough to be able to connect the dots. So basically, this study is showing that nanotherapy based on amine-modified graphene oxide can be used to make changes within the body to release drugs, etc. So I think these sneaky little fucks are getting all these people to get shot up with this jab. And at some point, I don't know when, I'm not exactly sure how, they're going to be able to activate this 5G shit kind of like as a weapon. It can change your mood. It can aggravate people. There's all kinds of repercussions to this that we don't even know. And considering the fact that these fucking pharmaceutical companies fought so hard and denied the fact that graphene oxide was inside of their fucking clot shots, it makes me even more suspicious. So go to the show notes if you'd like and check out the studies. They're pretty fucking interesting. And you just have to kind of connect dots as per usual with anything that is controversial or anything that is declared a conspiracy theory. Because if you scratch under that surface, you might find a whole ass rabbit hole. If you've been listening to the podcast for a while, you know I don't like to leave it on some doom and gloom bullshit. So I kind of talked about this last week, but let me just refresh everyone's memory. First ever spike detox protocol appears in U.S. Medical Journal. So Dr. Peter McCullough basically kind of broke down what this study is saying. And it kind of starts with a lot of people didn't know these spike proteins were going to basically stay in the motherfucking body. And we don't know exactly when they leave. So many of the people that got the shot still have the spike protein in their cells and tissue. 
Dr. McCullough said, quote, every study that's looked at at this has actually identified the central issue. The human body does not seem to have an enzyme that can break down this protein like it could any other natural protein and have us get rid of it. Why? It's because this protein is not natural. It was engineered in a Chinese biosecurity lab using blueprints that came from the U.S. researchers, fully funded and supported by the National Institute of Health and the National Allergy Immunology Branch, run by the bridge troll, Anthony Fauci. Basically, McCullough goes on to say that the vaccines have left 15% of those who've taken them with some form of medical problem. And now, fortunately, we might have a solution to this issue. What they're finding, and this is, I'll actually read the name of the study, clinical rationale for SARS-CoV-2 base spike protein detoxification in post-COVID-19 and vaccine injury syndromes. So I'm not going to read the whole motherfucking study to you guys. I am going to post a link to this study, though, because it has information that can probably help. I mean, in these studies, which just uh, full disclosure, it is not a double blind fucking study like that right now. It's not randomized. There's no placebo control. But this study does show positive clinical observations. So I've talked about this before. Natokinase, which is an enzyme derived from the fermentation of soy. It has been traditionally used in Japan for its supposed cardiovascular benefits. Preclinical trials show it degrades the spike protein. Then we have bromelain as a set of enzymes derived from pineapple stems approved by the FDA as a topical treatment for wounds. Like natokinase, it also has been shown to accelerate the clearance of spike proteins. And then we have curcumin, the active compound in turmeric, widely used for its anti-inflammatory properties. It also mitigates further damage from the spike protein. Just like a little a brief glimpse of the amount of the dosage of the natokinase, bromelain, and curcumin. So natokinase, they use 2,000 fibrin units, which is 100 milligrams orally twice a day without food. The bromelain was 500 milligrams orally once a day without food. The curcumin was 500 milligrams orally twice a day. So like I said, I'm going to put this shit up in the show notes. If you want more information and you want to read the study that they just released in an American medical journal, go check that shit out and spread it along. Give it to your fucking friends that are all fucking maimed now by these goddamn shots. All right, you guys, that's about it for this week. Before I get out of here, I have to say what's up to our top three downloading states, which are California, Washington, and Texas. That's what's up, you guys. Shoot me a line at vanishedinthevalley at gmail.com if you want any of the documents I talk about or if you have a rabbit hole for me to explore. As far as our international downloaders, we have the UK, Ireland, Canada, and Australia. And that's what's up, you guys. Thank you for listening to the podcast every week. Come over to Reddit and check out my sub, which is r slash vanishedinthevalley. Hit me up. Until next week, you guys. Be aware. And don't forget your pepper spray. Ciao, ciao.